0: You're listening to Just a Pinch Podcast with Injector Kristen. Join me and industry experts as we discuss the good, the bad, and the ugly of the aesthetics, wellness, and fitness industries. Welcome back to Just a Pinch Podcast with Injector Kristen. You get me today for a solo episode, and we're going to be talking about all the good toxins in our lives. All you ever hear about these days are how toxins are bad and how they're everywhere and they're poisoning us. Well, today I've got some good news for you. We have an excellent toxin for you. And that toxin is called botulinum toxin type A or neuromodulator injections. So this is going to be your Botox, your Dysport, Xeomin, Juvo. There's other brands in other parts of the world, but these are the ones we have in the States. So that's what we're going to talk about today there will be another episode down the road where we're going to discuss the newly approved Daxify, but that will be for another episode. Just so you don't feel alone with your neuromodulator injections, over 3.6 million people got Botox in 2021. Now, when I say Botox today, I'm going to be referring to all of them. Botox is kind of like the, the Kleenex of the facial tissue world. So when I refer to Botox... I could be talking about Dysport, Xeomin, Juvo, or actual Botox. So, Botox was first approved to treat strabismus. strabismus but that's a tough one to say, or cross eyedness. So, it had a medical purpose before it was used for cosmetics. In 2002, it was approved by the FDA for cosmetic use between the brows. So, that's for those scowl lines or the glabella. So, what is Botox? Botox is a purified protein from the Clostridium botulinum bacteria. And this is the same bacteria that can cause botulism. Botulism is something that you usually find in canned goods. Um, It's the reason why we don't give honey to infants under a year old. But this is not going to give you botulism. Botox cannot give you botulism. So take that out of your head. Uh, So Botox and these other brands also have different accessory proteins that are attached to them. Um, All of them except for Xeomin. Xeomin is my special little little friend that is very different from the rest of them. So Botox, Juvo, and Dysport, they all have these little accessory proteins that are attached to them. And there's been a lot of controversy over the years about what those proteins are doing, if they're actually helping or if they're hindering the effects. Because those proteins can... And in some cases do cause your body to create auto neutralizing antibodies so it's something that's going to make your botox not last as long or not even kick in in the first place so zeamin is a naked or a very purified neurotoxin so they don't have those proteins attached they have been cleaned off so they're very very pure so with people that i'm more worried about uh, resistance or if they're very young and they're going to be using these products for a really long time throughout their life. I'm probably going to use Xeomin. So how does Botox work? Botox works to treat dynamic wrinkles of expression by blocking the release of acetylcholine, a neurotransmitter, from the nerve cell at the neuromuscular junction. So the muscle is never getting the signal to contract. And that's going to cause that muscle to have a temporary paralysis. After the duration of action of the the chemical of this medication is worn off, you're going to get all your movement back. So there's no long-term effects from Botox. You can try it on once, see how you like it. If you decide it's not for you, you just don't get it again and it's going to wear off and you're going to go back to exactly how you were before. So Botox can treat dynamic lines, not so much static lines. Now, I'm gonna put a little asterisk next to the static lines because in some cases we can use um, uh, Botox injections to soften those lines at the very top layer of the skin and not in the muscle, but we'll talk about that a little little bit later. So dynamic lines come from expression. So that's gonna be our scowl, our horizontal forehead lines from raising our eyebrows up, our crow's feet around our eyes from squinting and smiling. That's what Botox can treat. And we're not, we're not treating the wrinkles, we're treating the muscle movement. So, I mean, yes, we're treating the wrinkles, but we are treating the muscle movement. When we remove that muscle movement, we remove those lines. We remove your skin's ability to create those creases that leave those etched in lines when you're not making those faces and you're at rest. So why are we going to choose one brand versus another? injectors may have preferences uh, for a variety of reasons and it may be based on you as the patient your personal anatomy and in some cases I'm going to choose one versus another because I'm scared about them getting a really heavy brow or they have they, their forehead foreheads are a huge problem uh, if you genuinely rely on your forehead to keep your eyebrows up and feel like your eyes are open if we paralyze that muscle, your brows are going to feel really heavy, and you're going to really, you're not going to like the way it looks or the way that it feels. Sometimes we just choose to genuinely not treat that area, and then in other times we just have to be really careful with how we treat it. Uh, I will tend to go for more of a Botox or a Xeomin for somebody that I'm more worried about with foreheads, but that we want to try treating with. Another thing that we have to look at is the estimated time that we're going to be using that toxin over the lifespan. People are starting to use these products at a younger and younger age, which I love. It's the way that we should be using these. But if we're using things like Botox, Dysport, and Juvo, those accessory proteins are going to increase our risk of creating those autoantibodies, those neutralizing antibodies, over a period of time. And then it may not work as well for you as you start to get older. So for somebody that's in their early 20s or mid-20s, I might be reaching for Xeomin first, so that way I don't have to worry about those antibodies starting. I may even just rotate them in. Rotating the, the neuromodulator brands is one of my favorite things to do with people. One time we're going to do Botox, then we're going to do Xeomin, maybe we go back to Botox. Doing Xeomin every other or every second can really help reduce that, that antibody load on your body. Now, some injectors are just going to be brand loyal. Uh, They might only carry one or two, and it's going to be because of the the deal that they can get. I mean, these things are really expensive. They're really expensive for med spas and injectors to purchase at wholesale cost. So we do have to shop around a little bit, and some practices might be a little bit more cost restrictive and have to choose the ones that are more cost affordable to them uh, to then be able to give to you. So there's a variety of different reasons why your provider might be picking one product versus another. Personally, at Radiance Med Spa, we use Botox, Dysport, and Xeomin. We've tried Juvo before. Honestly, there's nothing wrong with it, but in my opinion, I personally wanted to have a reason for each of the products that we carry and use, and Juvo is very much like Botox. And so for us, we just, we didn't need to carry a fourth product. There's nothing wrong with it at all. So I'm, there's zero hate towards Juvo. We just chose not to carry it at our practice. Another reason why we might choose one product versus another is somebody's allergy profile. And really we're worried about with Disport only, somebody having a true allergy to cow milk protein. Not lactose, I don't care if you're lactose intolerant, you know, if, if dairy gives you the farts, it doesn't matter, you can still get Dysport, uh, but if you have a true allergy to cow milk protein, and if you do, you're going to know. It's not going to be like, I don't know, I might know, you're going to know if you do. Um, so for somebody like that, we're going to use Botox or Xeomin, we're going to avoid using Dysport. Now, a lot of people will come in and ask about the risk of allergic reaction to these products. And it's, it's, it's the same as, as everything. There is no substance on this earth that people cannot be allergic to. So your risk of being allergic to strawberries is kind of ultimately the same risk of you being allergic to Botox or Dysport or Xeomin. So it's that, that same risk. So you don't have an increased risk of having an allergic reaction to it just because it is Botox. I have personally never seen anybody in my office have an allergic reaction to any of them. Not to say that it can't happen, it absolutely can, but I have not seen it. So let's go over what a typical appointment looks like for a neuromodulator injection. When you come in, first things first, you're going to fill out some paperwork for me. I want to know your medical history, your allergies, your medications, your medical problems. After that, you're going to fill out a consent form, which is going to have all just the, the nitty-gritty bits and pieces that you need to know to consent for the procedure. And then we're also going to talk about it in the room, too. So it's not just paperwork sign. You know, you get to ask questions, and we get to go over things in the room as well. After we get you consented, we're going to take some before pictures. This isn't just so that we can post them on social media, because 99% of the time we don't. We do ask for special permission to be able to post your face and your likeness where you're recognizable. But we take them for medical legal reasons. Anytime that we're touching you or, you know, injecting something into you, we want to see what your baseline is. So that way, if God forbid something were to happen, we know if it was there pre-existing or if it's something that we did. It's also just really fun to be able to track your progress over time. We can look back and see how your skin has improved, how your wrinkles have changed. It's just a nice thing to look back on. After we take your pictures, you're going to be cleansed and you're going to be marked. So, I'm going to be asking you to make all sorts of different faces. I'm going to ask you to scowl, I'm going to ask you to raise your eyebrows up, I'm going to ask you to squint your eyes. If we're treating the low face, I'm going to ask you to make them some really funny faces. And I'm going to mark you with a little little white eyeliner pencil. After that, I'm going to be able to determine what units you need. And after I determine your units, I'll let you know of the pricing. I personally like to give you pricing in the room before I draw anything up. I don't want you to ever feel surprised and overwhelmed at the the checkout counter. That is not the place where you should be first hearing what you're paying for your Botox. It should be in the room and you need to agree to it. After that is the fastest part of the entire visit, and that's the injections. It takes me longer to draw up the Botox than it does to actually inject it. So now typically when... I'm treating somebody and they're coming in complaining of you know, their eyes or their forehead or their scowl lines i'm going to recommend that we treat all three upper areas so the upper areas include the glabella scowl the frontalis horizontal forehead lines and the crow's feet around the eyes the reason that i recommend that is not to steal and shake you down for all your money it's genuinely to give you a nice natural balance to your treatment outcome If we choose to treat just one area and we're neglecting those other areas, you're going to get some strange overcompensation in those areas, and it's going to become a lot more obvious that you've had these injectables done. If you're looking to have it be unnoticeable to other people, this is kind of one of those weird things where more is better. The more that we treat you, the more balanced you're going to look, and the more balanced you are, the more natural you're going to look. If we choose to just treat your scowl lines between your eyes... Some people, their eyebrows are going to shoot straight up to the, to the moon. You're going to end up with what we call a Spock brow. Now, while some people really like to get a little bit of an eyebrow lift, it can be, it can be, it can be bad sometimes. Now, the nice thing with a Spock brow is that if it happens to you, it's so easy to fix. We drop a little unit above each eyebrow, and it brings it back down to a more neutral balance. So I always say better up than down. Much, much easier to treat a brow that's too high than too low. So the risks of not treating them all is really just an odd look. If we were to just treat your horizontal forehead lines, but not put a little bit in your glabella or in your crow's feet, you're going to feel really heavy. Your brow is likely to flatten and feel almost like a full brow ptosis where it just it doesn't raise up and it's going to feel really odd. And some people will actually overdevelop their glabella muscle there and it can look a little bit Cro-Magnon or Neanderthal-ish. It can bulge out and some people will get some really nasty headaches from it. So there's there's method to our madness for why we recommend to treat all the areas. And it's not just to shake you down for cash. It's genuinely because we have your best interest in mind. Now the next part is something that is a daily challenge for every injector that I know. I have a lot of empathy for my patients when it comes to this and that's dosing. And the dosing is based upon what the manufacturer recommendations are because this is a this is a prescription medication. You know, this isn't a fancy lotion or something you're picking up at Sephora and can do just a little tiny bit and expect it to work the way that it should, you know, when you're using a full dose. There's dosing for a reason, and the dosing that is recommended is recommended because we know it's going to give you the best effect and that it's going to last the appropriate amount of time. Dose equals duration. If we underdose you, you're going to get really underwhelming results. It may look kind of fake and funky. You're going to have some muscle movement in other areas that you shouldn't. You're going to be overcompensating and it's going to wear off very quickly. I like to use an ibuprofen analogy. You have a headache and you reach for your bottle of ibuprofen and you only take 50 milligrams. Now, I don't even know how you would take 50 milligrams unless it was a liquid, but still bear with me. You take 50 milligrams for your headache when you should be taking a minimum of 400 milligrams. What's going to happen? Odds are it's probably not going to work very well. If you do get any relief, it's going to be for a very short amount of time. And then your headache is going to come back. When your dose is set, your dose is set. And if you're underdosing, you're going to get poor outcomes and short effects. Now I understand, and this is where You know, I I, I really do understand and empathize with patients here that this is an expensive treatment and that not everybody can afford to do full dosing. And if you can't afford to do the full dosing, we need to look at options here. The option is, is that we underdose, knowing that we're underdosing, and in which case you get what you get and you don't get upset. You don't get a free touch up. If it wears off early, you still have to wait the full 12 weeks to be able to get reinjected. injected uh, The alternative to that is that we just, we choose to not do it. If you can't afford to do what your injector is recommending for you, sometimes it's better off to take that money and put it towards a different type of treatment that's going to give you a better outcome. I get that Botox is expensive. You can expect to be paying, you know, anywhere from four hundred to a thousand plus dollars for a treatment. I'd say between five and six is pretty typical. And if you can't afford to do that and you wanna be paying between two and three, why don't we take that money and get you some medical grade skincare products or a chemical peel or a laser treatment? I personally think that you're gonna get a lot more benefit out of doing a single CO two laser treatment than underdosing your Botox and not getting a result and being upset and pointing fingers and blaming your med spa or your injector for a bad effect. You have to be compliant. You know, this is still medicine. And, you know, if you're not doing what, what your doctor or your primary care is telling you to do to get over an illness or an injury, once again, I'm going to repeat it. You get what you get, and you don't get upset. Now, your neuromodulator injections are going to kick in anywhere between 24 hours to 7 days. And at 24 hours, you're not going to be fully kicked in. You know, even at four or five days, you're not going to be fully kicked in. It does take a full two weeks to see your full effects. During that time, it's not abnormal to have your areas that are treated to kick in a little bit asymmetrically. Myself personally, my forehead, my frontalis muscle, and my crow's feet kick in first, and my glabella, or my scowl lines are, they take sometimes that full two weeks to really kick in. So for a couple of days to a week, I can sometimes feel a little bit heavy and my brows can feel a little bit flat. And that's okay. That's a normal process. Some people kick in symmetrically, some people asymmetrically, but by two weeks, we're going to see that full effect. I absolutely encourage everybody to follow up between two and four weeks to get you, you, you dialed in. Now, once you've been getting your Botox for a while, we get you right where you need to be. We don't have any concerns about you. You're happy with the outcome. I don't need to see you. But especially the first couple of times that you come in, it's important for your injector to be able to to see you fully kicked in to get you dialed right into where you need to be. And we at Radiance Med Spa do complimentary touch-ups within two to four weeks, and it's complimentary as long as you did what was recommended for you. If we recommended that you do 50 units of Botox, but you only agreed to do 30, and now you suddenly need a 20-unit touch-up, you're responsible for paying for those 20 units. So as long as you're following our medical advice, you get a free touch-up between two and four weeks. Now, we can't help you if you don't come in. I'm sure that many injectors out there have had people come in for their you know, second treatment or any treatment, and they say, oh, you know, my my eyebrows did this weird thing the last time. I don't want that to happen again this time. Okay, but you didn't come in for a follow-up So we, as your injector, don't know what happened. And if we don't know what happened, we can't fix it. Now, if you genuinely cannot come in, you're traveling, you're on vacation, you can't come in within that two to four week time period, take some video of it. You know, turn your camera phone on, take some video of you making that expression that's odd. And so that way, when you come back, we can see what happened and then we can dial it in and try to prevent that from happening next time. But if you come in at 12 weeks or after for your next treatment, it's all going to be worn off and we're not going to be able to know what happened, so we can't fix it. Now, we're not going to be treating you any sooner than 12 weeks because we have to worry about that antibody formation. If you're getting constant dosing with Botox every six to eight weeks, you're going to be at high risk for forming those neutralizing antibodies, and that Botox is not going to work well for you over a time period. Now, I've mentioned this once before that, you know, if you're under dosing, You may really want to think about putting your money elsewhere. This also applies to people that do once-a-year treatments. People that come in for their Botox literally once a year, you are wasting your money. You are wasting your money so badly when you are doing a a once-a-year toxin treatment. I can't recommend enough putting that money somewhere else. Laser, microneedling even better, medical grade skincare products. If you're not using medical grade skincare products every day on your face, there's really not much point of coming in and spending a lot more money on in-person, in-office treatments. You got to be taking care of, of your skin every single day. Do you go to the dentist to get your teeth cleaned, but then you don't brush your teeth at home? That it, That's gross. And that's That's literally what this is. You need to be using the proper products on your skin every single day. And then when you come into the office to do these treatments, it's boosting it. It's making it even better. Now, the only exception to my once a year rule is somebody that does not routinely get this done at all. And they have one big important event. You know, there's a bride, a mother of the bride, mother of the groom, a big event, something going on. And you want to tone down your crow's feet for your smiling. You know, you're going to be in a lot of pictures smiling and you've got some wild crow's feet lines that you want to tone down. Then, okay, I can understand a once a year treatment. But even then, that makes me nervous. I usually recommend against people doing a brand new treatment on themselves within a month before a big event that they've never done before. The bride comes in a month before and says, I want Botox and lip filler for the very first time. That's a hard no from me. <laughs> that, is, that is a hard no. You are not putting that pressure on me. You are not. I will not do it. That I, I need to sleep at night. I have too much anxiety. That's not happening. You got to try it on. You got to try it on. Did you try your, your wedding dress on the the month before and just take it off the shelf and go, well, oh, oh, hope this works. I hope I like it. Hope it fits. No, you got to try these things on. I recommend doing it at least once before the main treatment, before your, your event. So please, do, please don't ask me to do something brand new to you that's high risk for changing the way that you look and that you don't like it, because there's nothing that I can do to make that wear off faster. You are stuck with it, honey. Let's talk about post-treatment for your neuromodulator injections. So immediately after I'm done injecting you, you're going to see some little bumps on your skin. Everywhere where I injected might be a little bit of a raised red bump. And those bumps are good. That means it is placed right in the body of that muscle where it needs to go. And they're not going to last long. They're going to go away within 10 to 20 minutes, typically. So by the time you're getting back to work, you're not going to look like a cyborg. There is 100% a chance that I could bruise you. Don't come sit in my chair, look me square in the eyes, and with full honesty in your voice, say, I can't bruise. I won't treat you. I'm putting needles in your skin. I am poking you, you know, over 15 times, most of the cases, with a needle, You'll if you're watching the YouTube version of this, you're going to see the graphic up right now of the the face map of facial blood vessels. You're going to take a look at that that picture and tell me that I cannot bruise you. Listen, I don't want to bruise you. I don't want to, but it happens. There are some things that we can do to help reduce that. One of the things that I can use if you've got a big event coming up, I'm going to pull out my vein finder if you're really prone to bruising, you always bruise in a certain spot. I'm going to pull out my vein finder. It's this awesome little tool that will kind of project and reflect your big vessels on top of your skin. You don't feel anything. It's just a light. And it shows me where some of your big blood vessels are. So then I can know to avoid those certain areas. But it's still not a surefire way to to prevent bruising. It helps a lot. But it's not a surefire way because you still have full capillary beds. You have layers of, of blood vessels all throughout your face. So if you absolutely cannot bruise because you have something coming up, hold off on your appointment. I'm, I'm not having you get mad at me and blame me for bruising you when it can 100% happen. Me personally, I'm a bruiser. I know that. I know that every single time that I get injected with anything, the odds are is I'm going to bruise at least in a couple spots. So I'm prepared for it. I know that I'm not going to do it around a big event, and I'm going to plan accordingly. Some other things that can happen after you're injected, the most common side effects after getting a neuromodulator injection, I'd say the most common one is headache. So it's always possible for you to get a little bit of a headache afterwards. You can treat it just like any other headache. Some other people may get some upper respiratory-like symptoms, almost feel like you're starting to get a little bit of cold. And some people may also feel a little bit nauseated. I will say that the URI symptoms and the nausea, while they are on the list of more common, they're still not common. I don't hear those complaints, I would say, more than once a year. More severe adverse effects from Botox or neuromodulator injections include dysphagia, difficulty swallowing, or distant spread of the toxin to another part of your body. It's extraordinarily rare. I have personally never seen it. Now let's talk about some of the positive side effects. If you are prone to tension headaches or migraines, you're likely gonna see a reduction in that. I love getting my neuromodulator injections because it helps my headaches so much. I'm prone to both of them. My tension headaches will tend to trigger my migraines. And I know that I'm starting to come up due for my injections when my headaches start coming back. There's also been a study that came out recently that showed that getting neuromodulator injections can actually help improve depression. I mean, you look good, you feel good. Simple as that. You're going to look fresh. You're going to look more rested. You're going to just genuinely look better. And you're not going to be able to really put your finger on it. And no, nobody else will be able to as well. But they're going to notice that you look better. You're going to look fresh. You're going to look rested. Some of that resting bitch face is going to go away. You're not going to look as angry in your scowl lines. Now, when it starts to kick in, you're going to feel it before you see it. Especially the first couple of times that you get it done. And especially if you're getting your forehead done. That frontalis muscle, when it kicks in, it can feel a little bit heavy. And it's a sensation of feeling heavy, but it's not actually heavy. So unless we are genuinely seeing a ptosis or a full dropping of your brow or your eyelid, which those two are very different things, it's just how it feels, but it's not how it looks. Now, speaking of ptosis, those are some potential side effects. I would say that they're pretty rare, but it can happen. And some of the post-care is really important in helping prevent these, and we're going to go over those next. So a ptosis is when your eyebrow is genuinely affected, you completely lose the ability to raise it, and it's actually dropping. So it's not just staying neutral, but it is dropping. And again, if you're watching on YouTube, you're going to see a graphic right now of that one side is just flat and dropped, and that is a brow ptosis. So that's not necessarily a heavy lid, but that's a brow ptosis. Now, an eyelid ptosis is this next one. That one is really uncomfortable and really unsightly. Also rare, but can absolutely happen. So, that is when the, the product actually migrates down and is going to affect the ability for your upper eyelid to fully open. That can be really uncomfortable. One fantastic thing that we now have in our arsenal to treat symptomatically with that is a new prescription eye drop called Upneak. It's an oxymetaz- oxymetazoline active ingredient eye drop. It's one drop in the eye, you just do it once a day, and it's going to actually help open the eye. People are using it just for general cosmetic reasons if you want to have that big doe-eyed look. Or if you have that dreaded complication of a true eyelid ptosis, that will actually help temporarily reverse it and balance that a little bit and give you some relief. So hallelujah for Upneak. I don't recommend using it every single day because it is oxymetazoline. You can develop kind of a, a dependency upon it. It's, it's the same ingredient that's in Afrin. It's the same thing. You know, you don't typically recommend using Afrin for more than three days in a row. I'm not going to recommend using Upneek for more than three days in a row. So immediately after your treatments, I want you to move all of those muscles that I injected around for the first hour. Every five or 10 minutes, raise your brows up and down, give a scowl, squint, pucker. Whatever we we injected, I want you to move it around. For the next four to six hours, I want you to keep your head and your chin up that's important to really help avoid those ptosis. Nobody wants a ptosis, a brow or an eyelid. So keep your chin up. The main thing in today's society is our cell phones. We're always looking down. It's the dreaded cause of most of our tech neck, those lines on our neck. We want you to think about bringing your phone up, look straight ahead. So for four to six hours, keep your head up and your chin up. You can absolutely glance down, put on your shoes, but then right back up. No prolonged Time with your head down. I also don't want you to sweat for the rest of the day. Avoid the gym, go to the gym beforehand, don't go for the rest of the day afterwards. I also don't want you to wear a hat and I don't want you to rub the areas. Rubbing the areas can dislodge and move that medication around and it can end up touching a muscle that I don't want it to touch and you could cause a, a, an adverse effect that way. So, when is the best time to start using Botox? This is a really common question that we all get. And it's very multifactorial. Ideally, in an ideal world, it's amazing to start Botox in your mid-20s. The goal is to really start using it before you have wrinkles. Preventing something is so much easier than treating something that's already in existence. But let's be realistic. There's not a lot of people in their early mid-20s or sometimes even late-20s that can afford to do this routinely. We know that this is an expensive treatment. So because it's not realistic, I'm going to recommend early 30s. If you wait too long to start, we're now going to be treating versus preventing. And then you might need some other interventions. We'll talk a little bit later about what that could be. One really important thing that I want to touch upon, because I'm sure plenty of people have experienced this. And what's funny is that I personally experience it all the time in my treatment room. Stop shaming people for using Botox. I don't care what their age is. I see ragged looking 20 year olds. (laughs) I don't mean to be crude, but there are some 20 year olds. There's college students that have rough skin. You know, they've had a lot of sun damage. Genetically, they are prone to getting wrinkles. They have a lot of stress in their life for whatever reason. They have etched in lines on their faces at a very young age. I also see 45-year-olds and, and older with porcelain skin and not a single wrinkle on their face at rest. So you need to stop judging when somebody starts to use Botox. If somebody is, is over the age of 20 and, and they're using Botox, it is none of your business as to why they're using it or how old they are wrinkles are so multifactorial and while you may not have had wrinkles at age 25 the 25 year old in my chair might have them or might be really prone to them and they're preventing them from happening and it is none of your business the thing that i hear all the time i've got a patient in my chair and they look at me and they say do you get botox yep i absolutely do and they respond with but you're so young you don't need botox And I understand that it's not coming from a negative place in their heart, but they are still shaming me. You're shaming somebody if you're telling them they don't need to do something. I know I don't need to do Botox. I want to do Botox. Botox is helping me look like I don't need Botox. It's literally as simple as that. I look like I don't need Botox because I get Botox. Mind your business, Karen mind your business. Next, let's talk about some of the areas that we can treat with these neuromodulators. There are on-label and off-label indications for all of these areas. And really, besides the medical reasons for Botox, the only ones that are cosmetically on-label, so FDA gives us the thumbs up, is the glabella, the frontalis, and the crow's feet. So those are areas that have had full FDA approval. They've gone through their research studies, they've paid their money, and it's done. Now, in reality, injectors all over the world are treating on-label and a lot of off-label. And the off-label doesn't mean that, you know, we're going rogue and it's dangerous and that the FDA says no. It's just that it has not gone through the studies to approve, you know, to, to prove their FDA approval. So it does not mean that they're dangerous. It just means that it is off-label. So some of the off-label areas that we treat would be the bunny lines or the nasalis. If you scrunch up your nose really tight like a bunny, you see all those lines. We can reduce that. We can actually elevate the tip of your nose. So if you are somebody that when you smile or laugh, you see the tip of your nose dive down, one little injection under the nose, we can help with that. We can also help with nasal flaring. A couple units on either side of your nose can really help with nasal flaring. That's not a common one. But for people that have a lot of it, it can be be life-changing for them. It can make them feel a lot more confident. One of my favorite things to treat is a gummy smile. So if when you smile, your upper lip just shoots straight up to your nose and you see a lot of gums and your lip kind of disappears, two little injections can help bring that down. So we can allow that muscle that's over-pulling your upper lip up to relax a little bit. Now, it's not gonna just completely paralyze it, so you're still gonna be able to smile. You're just not gonna be pulling it up as high. Now, in the same context of smile, we can also do a lip flip. So the lip flip is where we put just a couple of units of Botox into the vermilion border of the lip. And what that does is it relaxes that round muscle that goes around our mouth, and it allows more of your pink lip to show at rest and mostly when smiling. If you notice that your lip kind of tends to disappear, you might be a good candidate for it. We can also treat pucker lines. A lot of people will call them smoker's lines. It's those vertical lines that go above our mouth, and you might see them below too. Now, I'm usually not going to be treating the lower pucker lines. I'm going to use other modalities to treat those. If you do too much Botox around your mouth, You're not going to be able to talk well. It's going to feel terrible, and you're not going to like me, and I'm not going to like it either. Uh, But the pucker lines, we can help soften those too. Another thing that we can treat is we can treat the downturn corners of your mouth. Some people have really strong what we call DAO muscles, and they pull the corners of the mouth down. Now, not everybody is a great candidate for it. If we check to see how strong your muscles are and you're not pulling at all, I might recommend some filler. If you feel like you have more marionette lines versus using Botox for the DAO. We can also put some Botox in your chin into the mentalis muscle. And that helps the pebbly chin appearance. If your mentalis muscle is really strong, it's going to pull up and create like a little horizontal crease. And you're going to see that you're not going to have that nice chin projection at the tip. By putting a couple units in the mentalis, it'll drop that chin down. It's going to smooth out the skin appearance. looks really nice. Another area we can treat is the platysmal bands of the neck. So if you were to bear down and say E or C really hard, you may see some lines pop up from your neck. We put a couple units in those, and that's going to help calm those down. They're not going to pull as much. Now, there's a really cool treatment that we can do. I don't know if this is a trademark term or not, but it's, we call it in the industry the nefertiti neck lift. And that is treating three different areas. We treat the DAO muscle for the mouth down the mentalis, and the platysmal bands. By treating all three of those, we can actually help reduce the pull down of the jowl. And that jowl can kind of sit upright a little bit more. It's not going to look as pronounced. You're going to see a longer, smoother neck and not as much pulling from underneath the chin. Really nice treatment. Something else that we can do, it has a medical and a cosmetic application, is your masseter muscles. The masseter muscle is a big, heavy muscle that's at the back of our jaw. And it's also a cause for TMJ pain. So a lot of TMJ sufferers will come in and get their masseters injected and it works really nicely for that. Another thing that the masseter injections do is it helps slim the jaw. So if you have really kind of boulder-like masseter muscles, this can really help slim the look of your jaw. Now we can also treat you for migraines with this. For migraines, those injections are gonna go in different points around your scalp, the back of your head, the back of your neck, In some cases, your trapezius muscle, all sorts of different areas. It really depends on where your personal trigger is. We can also put Botox in your underarms for hyperhidrosis or sweating. You don't even need to technically have hyperhidrosis. If you just want to use it for sweating, we can treat it. And the nice thing when we're treating the underarms is you're going to get about six months out of it. So it's an expensive treatment, typically around $1,000 plus tax. So it's, it's nothing to scoff at but you're going to get a good six months of relief from it. So if you're somebody that like can't wear certain clothes or certain types of material because of your sweatiness, this gives you a lot of relief. Now, other areas that we can slim with Botox would be the trapezius muscle. So the neck muscles, I like to call them the Goldbergs, if you remember the wrestler from the 90s. So that you can put in and it will actually help atrophy and shrink that muscle down. Also great for tension headaches. So Again, cosmetic and medical applications there. And some people are even putting it in their calves. The calves is strictly for slimming. I can't think of a medical application for calves, unless you're getting chronic Charlie horses. But in that case, I think you have a bigger issue. Now, the calf slimming, it always makes me giggle whenever I think about it. I just think of somebody walking around like a baby deer. (laughs) I, I know that that's not happening, you know, unless you're overdosing somebody in their calves, but that's not a really popular area to treat but you can do it. Now, one of my favorite things to do with neuromodulators is microtox. Now, I always hesitate on a public platform to say the word microtox, because I, I don't know why I think that somebody out in the aesthetics world has trademarked that word. Uh, so don't send me a cease and desist letter. Like, I can't. I can't. I mean, that's all right. Mini soapbox moment. Mini soapbox moment. I am so sick and tired of people in the aesthetics industry trademarking every freaking term out there just trying to make a dollar. I'm tired of it. If it's a common term that we use to describe something like microtox, we're using micro injections of a very diluted toxin. Into the skin, it's micro injection. So microtox. It makes sense. There's nothing special about that. Stop trademarking everything. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I've had enough. Anyways, don't send me a cease and desist letter. If you came up with the term, appreciate you. You know, hats off to you, sir or madam. But I didn't learn it from you. I've just been saying it since I've been doing it. So back to microtox. So microtox is. A hyper diluted neuromodulator. So we're going to add more saline to that vial or to that syringe of Botox or whatever product you're using to make it really diluted. And then I'm going to inject it just barely under the skin. It's not going to go in the muscle. It's going to go in the skin. And what that can do is help kind of tighten it up. If you see some creping of the skin, it's going to just give a nice soft. It's almost like a soft filter to these areas. I love it for the under eyes if somebody's particularly crinkly. Now with the under eyes, you have to make sure that it's not a, a true laxity issue. If you have a lot of skin laxity under your eyes, putting toxin in it can actually make it look worse. But if, it's, if you, you're young, you have good quality skin, you just have a lot of small little lines under your eyes. The microtox can be a really good option for you. With some people, I'll even microtox around their crow's feet. And with that, it's a bunch of injections, but it's softer because it's more superficial. Some people, when you're treating their crow's feet with Botox, will end up getting kind of this shelf look to their their cheeks. And when they smile, they really don't like the way that their face looks. Um, I'm personally one of them. I don't like having my crow's feet fully toxed all the way down. I tox at the, the tail of my eyebrow, one spot in between. And then no lower than exactly the corner of my eye. And then anything below that, if I get any lines through there, then it's all microtox. It's very superficial, very diluted. And it just softens the lines, but it still allows me to to move that area. So it gives to me a little bit more of a natural appearance. And I don't have to worry about kind of that shelf look. And if you've had the shelf look, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So that is microtox. Oh, actually, no, hold on. I'm not done with microtox. Other areas you can use it that are common, uh, you can use it in those horizontal neck bands. Remember, I mentioned that earlier in this episode. So you can actually put Microtox all around and in those neck bands, and that can help smooth it out a little bit. You can also do it in the decollete for chest lines, uh, and you can even do it in any part of the skin to help with oil reduction and, and pore shrinking. Now, pore shrinking, asterisks, you are born with your pores. Your pore size is what your pore size is. We cannot permanently shrink your pores. We can reduce the appearance of your pores. Keep that in mind. So if you come in asking for, you know, shrinking pores, we can temporarily improve the way that they look, but your pores are your pores. You were born with them. I'm sorry. I have them too. I hate them. It is what it is. So if we do those little tiny injections into the skin, we can actually shut down some of the, the sebaceous glands. So you're going to see an improvement in acne and oiliness in an area. A lot of people that get their foreheads done uh, just with regular Botox treatments will know that they get less acne there. Now, when it comes to microtox for oil and pores and putting it in the general face area and sometimes even the neck, you have to be careful with who you're getting this done by. It's a more advanced technique and not everybody that injects Botox has the ability to do that safely. If they're not at the right depth, they could be targeting a muscle. They could make your smile look weird. They can paralyze muscles that aren't supposed to be. And in that case, sometimes it's better to go the route of doing a micro infusion facial with a device called Aquagold. Aqua Gold, we make a custom little cocktail in this little vial, and it has a bunch of itty bitty tiny needles in it that don't go more than half a millimeter into the skin. And you can microdose filler, hyaluronic acid, PRP, PRF, exosomes, and your neuromodulator in there. And you can get a nice uh, reduction in pore size. We can see a reduction in oil production. Um, It even helps with rosacea a little bit, can help neuromodulate the the blood vessel bed. So it's really nice for that. Aqua Gold is very safe. We don't have to worry about the same issues as if you have somebody just wielding a needle in their hand. So unless your injector is well-versed in how to do that microtox, maybe go the route of some Aqua Gold. Let's talk about how to plan for a neuromodulator treatment. Things to think about before booking your appointment. If you want to reduce your risk of bruising, now these are not mandatory, but if bruising is of concern for you, you're going to want to avoid alcohol consumption for one to two days prior to your treatment and one to two days post-treatment. For a week prior, seven full days before, you're going to want to not use aspirin products, unsaids like ibuprofen and Aleve, vitamin E, and fish oil. Fish oil is a common one. A lot of people take that as a supplement and they don't think that it thins out their blood but it does. So all of those products can make you bruise more. Now, we've said it before, will I bruise? I cannot guarantee that you will not bruise. So for that reason, I will repeat this again. Do not plan your tox treatment within two to four weeks of any major event that you have that you cannot be bruised for. Our vein finder will help, but it is not a surefire fit. Now, a lot of people also like to do other treatments. They like to do microneedling, lasers, facials, chemical peels, you name it. If you are trying to do multiple modalities, you need to do that other treatment first and then plan your toxin treatment afterwards. If you do your tox treatment first and then you want to do a laser, you're going to have to wait a lot longer. Whereas if I laser you on a Monday, you know, depending on what type of laser it is, even a couple days later, I can treat you or even a week later. Otherwise, if we're doing your Botox first, I'm going to make you wait two to four weeks. Now that Botox is going to take a two full weeks to kick in. And then you might still need a touch up after that. And that touch up is going to take another two full weeks to kick in. So please plan at least a month, four weeks before any big event that you want to be perfectly dialed in for. So you have that wedding that you have to be in, you have that class reunion, whatever it may be. Give yourself a month prior, and then at that month, it'll be a little bit more lived in. It's going to be looking nice. It's not going to be that fresh and frozen look. Some special considerations when it comes to Botox. Deep, set in lines. Deep, set in lines can be tough, especially if they've been there for a long time. If you are especially, let's use this as an example, you are 55 years old. And you are starting Botox for the very first time for your scowl lines because now they're really bothersome for you and you're you're ready to do something about them. First step is always going to be, yes, let's get that toxin there. Let's Botox you. Let's put some product in there and reduce that muscle movement so they're not going to continue to get worse and they will start to soften over time. But because they've been there, they've been working. Since the day you came out the womb, your, your glabella has been working on those lines. So we're going to say those lines have been working on being there for 55 years. Doing one round of Botox is not going to fix it. It's definitely the first step. You definitely got to do it. But you may need some other treatments. Other treatments would include laser resurfacing. One of my favorites for that area is our Cartessa Tetra CO2 laser. It's so quick and so easy. You do have you know about a week where your skin's gonna look a little bit red and raised and rough textured. but you can put makeup on after 24 hours. Works so well. And with any of these modalities, you need a, you need a series of them. You need to do more than one. Uh, we'll go over all these different energy devices in another episode coming up soon. So I love the CO2 laser. Radio frequency microneedling. I personally use Vivace. There's things like Morpheus 8. Pixel 8, genius, secret, profound. I mean, there's a gazillion of them out there. They're all great. They're using a radio frequency heat-based energy being delivered from the tips of these microneedles to help stimulate collagen production. We can also do non-energy microneedling, things like skin pen. Love it. Ultimately, what we're trying to do is stimulate collagen production because you've lost that collagen and elastin on those etched in lines. Another great option is using smooth PDO threads. Those we can pop right into the skin. Everything's going to be a series. We're going to see you a couple times for that, and that's going to help support the skin and help get that collagen production going. Now we can't just use energy devices when it comes to dynamic lines. If you're coming in for a consultation for your glabella lines, your forehead lines, and you are like, hard no on the Botox. I'm not doing it. You're not talking me into it. All I want to do is lasers and microneedling. That is absolutely your prerogative. I'm not going to force you to do anything. But what I'm going to tell you is that your result is going to be nowhere near as good as if you did Botox. Now, we can definitely do the microneedling. We can do the lasers. You may see some improvement in them just by getting that collagen stimulation. You're going to have healthier skin. So, I mean, I love energy devices, but if it is those lines that are bothersome for you. Step one is always Botox. So if you refuse to do Botox for dynamic lines and you only want to do energy devices, your expectations have to be realistic. I'm not going to have you coming in and and complaining, saying that you didn't get the result that you wanted. You got the result that you got because you weren't compliant with the treatment plan. We recommended one thing and you wanted to go down another road. So we cannot guarantee the result when you're not doing what we're recommending. So just a little tidbit on that. Next, we're going to do some listener questions. I posted on Instagram if anybody had any questions about toxin, and we're going to pick three of them here. So question number one, or I'll say this is kind of more of a a question comment. My friend gets 30 units of Botox and I get 55. WTF? (laughs) I know. (laughs) Everybody's anatomy is very different. Your friend might have a really underactive frontalis muscle or an underactive glabella and just not have a lot of muscle movement. You know, we're basing our our dosing a lot upon how strong your muscle is. And if you have a really strong muscle and a lot of muscle activity, odds are you're going to need a higher dose. So while I don't treat the the two of you, um, that's my guess. Um, I don't think that somebody's, you know, trying to you know, screw you over on making you pay for fifty-five units if you don't need it. Fifty-five is actually a nice standard dose. You know, that's what I would call appropriate. Your friend having 30, my my best guess would be that they just really don't have strong muscles, or they're being underdosed. Okay, question two, are there ways that I can make my disport last longer? Kind of. Um, some things that you can do at home. You can take a phytase Enzyme, Um, It's in a lot of uh, digestive enzymes that can help prolong the the life of it. You can also take zinc. You know, we're coming into cold, flu, COVID, just everything season. So zinc is good for your immune system anyways, and it'll help keep your your talks a little bit fresher. And then most importantly is, you know, making sure that you're doing proper dosing. Bring it back again. Dose equals duration. If you're being underdosed, you know, you're not going to get the same duration that you should be. Another thing that you can do is switch up which product you're using. I personally like to rotate in Xeomin every now and then. Uh, that can help reduce the antibody load that your body's creating from the Dysport, Juveau, or, or Botox and give it time to dissipate a little bit. So if you find that your product just isn't working as well or lasting as long and you're using an appropriate dose, let's change it up. Let's either try a different product. Like if you're using Dysport, you can try Botox. You can try Xeomin. Um, Xeomin, I love to rotate that one in because it's the naked one. Okay, and the third and final question for today is, I'm interested in a lip flip. How do I know if I'm a candidate? So not everybody is a candidate for a lip flip. um if if we gave lip flips to everybody blindly without making sure you're a good candidate, some people are just gonna their mouth's gonna feel funny and they're not gonna see any change in their in their lips. So when you smile, does your lip roll in? When you do that big smile, your the the pink of your lip just disappears, and it, your lip goes into kind of a thin line that might mean you'd be a good candidate for this because what that's going to do is it's going to relax that orbicularis oris muscle that's around your mouth and allow more of your lip to show when you're smiling. It's it's relaxing and weakening that muscle. Um, You might also need to do a gummy treatment smile too. Uh, Gummy smile and the lip flip go really nicely together, but not everybody needs it. So that would definitely be by consultation. Now, one thing to keep in mind when it comes to a lip flip or pucker lines, is your mouth is going to feel funny when it first kicks in. You're going to have a hard time drinking out of a straw. Spitting out toothpaste feels ridiculous, um, but I promise you it's not going to stay that way the whole time. And another thing to think about when it comes to these treatments around the mouth, we're using very small dosing. And this is an off-label use, typically anywhere between no more than four to eight units. And and eight would be a little bit of a heavy treatment um, if we're doing Botox. So it's, gonna, it's not going to last you a full three months. Um, usually the mouth is going to come back at about two months. So you're not going to get that full three months. I'm sorry. If you do, awesome. Uh, but plan on it wearing off a little bit before all of your other areas. And sometimes we do need to look at doing a little bit of lip filler uh, and some people do require getting a lip flip before that lip filler appointment to give you a better result. If when you smile, your lip literally disappears, filler's not going to necessarily do 100% of the job that we're looking to. Uh, and doing that lip flip will give you a more natural look. It's going to allow more of that lip to show. Your lip's going to lay flatter. You're going to get less of that kind of ducky protrusion. Okay, so that wraps up our listener questions for this week. So how are you feeling? Uh, Do you feel nervous about Botox? Do you feel excited? Or can you just not wait to get in the chair for your first appointment or your next appointment? Uh, Nerves are totally normal. They're so, so normal. The first time that I ever got Tox, I literally made a sweat angel in the injection chair. I was probably trembling. I was probably red-faced and rashy, my, my typical go-to. But yeah, I made a full-blown sweat angel in the chair, and my, my scrubs were, were wet afterwards. So no judgment on my part. Uh, there's a lot of different things that we utilize uh, in Radiance Med Spa's office to help make your appointment a little bit more comfortable. If you're, a, if you're really, really nervous, we do have Pronox. Pronox is a self-administered laughing gas, and you're safe to drive 10 minutes after your last puff. So, if you are really terrified of it, we have Pronox for you. I also have a little vibrating tool that we can put right on your skin. It helps block the pain signals a little bit. It's the nice gateway theory of pain. Um, That's a nice way to help distract. We can even use a little bit of ice to help numb up the skin first, but we're not putting numbing cream on you. If you are somebody that desperately wants numbing cream, you're going to go home with a prescription for it and you can apply it at home. Um, Our Botox treatment appointment times, genuinely just, they cannot accommodate you having numbing time for it. It's such a quick procedure. It's tiny pinches as it's happening. Some spots you don't even feel and there's no pain after the fact. That's one really nice thing is that you're not going to get injected and then leave there and you know feel like you've got to go take an ibuprofen and, and put ice on it. It does not hurt after the fact. So that's this week's episode on neuromodulators. Uh, do you have any questions for me? If you have any questions or comments, please send an email to justapinchpodcast at gmail.com or you can always send me a DM on Instagram at justapinchpodcast. Thank you so much for listening and be sure to tune in next week. Just a Pinch Podcast was written, recorded, edited, and produced by Kristen Jem.